Hello, welcome to Gigs Unleashed. It's episode 129. I'm Mark. I'm Jasmine. And each week on Gigs Unleashed, we try and bring you something geeky um, from our news and personal lives, uh, as well as some that so share something uh, adapted, a review of something adapted from the comic book or gaming world. Yep. And before we get started, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. We appreciate that. We would also love it if you would like this video and subscribe to our channel. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, we appreciate that as well. We would also very much love it if you would leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Uh, also, feel free to donate any funds you would like to donate to our Ko-Fi. Anything would be appreciated. Yeah, because so... movie tickets are $17 a pop. Uh, you should do what I did. I told you to do what I did. Too. I know, oh. I know. I need to Have get you, not, the... you not done it? Oh, no. oh I need to do oh. that movie pass thing. Oh, yeah. I, I, I signed up uh, £15 a month. Um, I'll be honest with you, some... I think there was one month where I didn't use it as much, much as I could, but like, then there's been other months where even if I go twice, that covers the ticket. So, right, right. Um, so I went last I think week. those things are the reasons that movie tickets have gone up so much. <laughs> uh, I went last week and I saw Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I won't talk yeah. about that now. Um, pre- and also I've seen, which we will talk about in our next episode, Across the Spider-Verse uh, and all of that. And then I think next week I'm going to try and... Um, Going to see Transformers and Fast X. So, oh, you've got a t shirt on. So, yeah, I need to I see Fast 10. Um, anyway, uh, apologies, everybody, for listening. There's no episode last week. So, what we're doing is two short episodes in one week for you. Yes. I say short, we'll see how it goes. Well, yeah, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> and because um, I unfortunately uh, was on Death Store uh, yeah. on the man flu situation. So, it happens once a year to Mark. Gets the man flu and he's down and out for about a week and a half. <clears throat> yeah. Well, it's sometimes longer, sometimes three weeks. So, oh, my gosh. Um, Anyway, we won't cover any news this week. We're going to just jump straight into it. Uh, we're kind of going to start trying to get back into normal. But anyway, after our Spider episodes. So um, anyway, so Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2018. Uh, it's written by Phil Lord and Rodney Rothman. <laughs> it's directed by Bob Perzinski, I think. Uh, uh, there you go. All right. Peter Ramsey and Rodney Rothman as well. It is based on Miles Morales from Marvel Comics. And it stars Shamik Moore, Jake Johnson, Haley Seinfeld, Mahershala Ali, Brian Tyree Henry, Lily Tomlin, Luna Lauren Velez, John Mulaney, Kimiko Glenn, Nicholas Cage, Catherine Hahn, and Leif Schreiber. First appearance of Miles Morales was in Ultimate Fallout number four, which came out in August 2011. If you've got a copy of that at the time, you are very lucky because, to be honest, to get a copy of that, uh, it's at least going to cost you more than a grand now. So. Uh, it's create, created by Brian Michael Bendis and Sarah Pacelli. The movie itself was released December 14th, 2018. Running time, 117 minutes. Budget was 90 million. <clears throat> Box office was 384 million. I mean, that's a pretty good return to me. Mm-hmm. Yep, 100%. Uh, so, a few fun facts. This film, Into the Spider-Verse, is Sony's first and only win in the Best Animated Feature category. This film, at the time, took home the Academy for Best Animated Feature and the Golden Globe for Best Animated Feature in 2018. And it got in by the skin of its teeth. I mean, it came out 15 days before the cutoff. So <laughs> this was wow. the, like one of the last films that was available for entry for the 2018 Oscars. Otherwise, it would have had to qualify for 2019. Um, 
also everybody like who is big on the mcu you know who lord miller are the lord and christopher christopher miller are like big writing duo so they were involved in this film but this is the first film that phil lord wrote by himself without christopher miller um so I thought that was kind of interesting, but this whole film, it's been, in, it had been in development since about 2014. Um, so it's four years in the making to get the Spider-Verse film that we got. And I thought this was a bit wild. Like you, the, the way their artistic choices for this film were just like out of this world, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was, they mixed all kinds of different animation styles together in one film. And in order to do that, it took a lot of people. There was, uh, it took them a whole year to get 10 seconds worth of footage. And when that 10 seconds worth of footage looked exactly like they wanted it, then they proceeded to get animators for the rest of the film. So they moved from one animator who was doing most of the design work. Uh, there were creative differences, you know how that goes. That guy got let go. Um, um, his name was Alberto Miego. Mie- he got let go. Then they brought on 60 animators and even 60 animators wasn't enough. By the time this film was finished, there were 177 animators on Into the Spider-Verse. And at the time, that was the biggest group of animators that it took to complete a film. At the time. Stay tuned for our next episode. <laughs> um, I mean, we'll talk about the animation, but go on, but just summaries from that. <clears throat> I I love the animation of this movie, so we'll, yeah. we'll talk about it in more detail in a minute. But anyway, so summary: Teen Teen Miles Morales becomes Spider Man of his universe, must join with five spider powered individuals from other dimensions to stop a threat for all realities. Was this like I know this is not connected to the MCU, but was this the first multiverse thing we got? Because this came way before No Way Home and Loki. So is this kind of like our first introduction into a multiverse? Um, I mean, I guess on the Marvel side. So. Oh, actually, hold on. Wait. Oh, I'd have to check now. But you know Spider-Man, the second Spider-Man film with Mysterio? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I know Mysterio was a liar. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. <laughs> uh, like, but, but he did mention that he was from... Um, it wasn't Homecoming. What was it? It was... Uh... No Way Home. No, No Way Home was the third one. Oh, it was... Uh... Um, Far From Home. All right, that came out in 2019. So okay. whilst Mysterio was a liar, he did say he came from Parallel Earth, and he did say he was from the 616 Earth or something like that, which is actually um, what comic fans refer to as the comic book MCU. So mm. it's referred to as 616. So yeah, this might actually be the first actual uh, alternate reality multiverse marvel movie or tv show that we've we've had huh okay all right i'll take that um so i tell you do you want to go first what's your what's your thoughts actually on this film my god this film was amazing i mean this it it exceeded any modicum of expectation i had when like it always looked cool from the trailers and i was super 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 excited that we finally got a miles morales film um but it just like it blew me away at the time it came out the same year as black panther the first black panther and f- for the longest time black panther was like 
my favorite thing that I had seen all year. And when I walked out of Into the Spider-Verse, I was like, I just, this is the coolest thing I have seen in like 10 years. It just, mm. everything about it to me was so awesome. Like the soundtrack was amazing. The way that they used music in the film was amazing. The way that um, we got the character interaction, the story they were telling was really great. The animation was flipping phenomenal. I mean, to me, when I first saw Into the Spider-Verse, it felt like that first time you saw a Pixar film. Like the mm -hmm. very first time you saw Toy Story and you were like, holy shit, they have just changed the entire animation game. That's what that's what this film felt like to me, because like you had never seen animation quite like this before, where they had overlaid so many different styles to give you that unique look that we get in the first film. Um, it, to, to me, it was just like this really technical thing that was also really well written, also really well cast. I mean, it was. To me, it was as close to a perfect film as you could get. It was just, it 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 blew me away. And it's one of those films that it's the rewatchability of it. Like I can rewatch this film every week, and every week it's still just as good as it was the week before. Like it just yeah. it it doesn't it doesn't wear <laughs> off. I think I've watched this movie something like ten times, maybe yeah. more. I'm not sure. Like a lot. I've watched it a lot, and um, it annoys me as well. Like when I'm singing the praises of this movie to people. And they're like, no, I wouldn't watch that. That's an animated film. Like, like oh my god, come on, just watch you, it. Just watch Beauty and the Beast was an animated film from Disney that was nominated for Best Picture in 1992. Don't give me that uh, shit about animated uh, movies are not as good uh, as real live action uh, movies. Oh, uh, I get it. I, I hear it. Like, oh, it's, uh, an animated, it's an animated movie. No, it's an animated film. Well, I'm like, just get off your high horse or come down from your castle or you know, <laughs> like take your snotty nose and actually this is a, such an amazing movie like right you know visually just you know it, it changed the game yes you know? yes uh, also we brought in um a really amazing soundtrack we, the, we got the visuals we got the soundtrack the voice cast phenomenal yeah. uh, and also we've got a complete range of voice actors oh well you know and also well-known actors as well yeah you know, from ones we know like Hayley Steinfeld and Nicolas Cage yeah yeah you can hear their voices others you know not not as much uh they're, they're famous but not you know you can hear their voices and know who they are mm -hmm. but honestly everything about it and the fact that this also changes the game and kills Peter Parker off and introduces the world now what comic book fans already knew miles but introduces now the world to miles now mm -hmm. that's game changing in itself as well so brian michael bendis well known for uh his creation of um more diverse characters so, than his yeah, predecessors yeah. yes yeah yeah like um just i mean i know he created jessica, jessica jones who is a white drunk ass like <laughs> yeah yeah and i love jessica jones but, but we, like, he also created ironheart yeah yeah he's created so many diverse characters for a white guy as well like and then i think he's got i think he's a, i think i think he adopted um uh black children or something something like that i i don't i can't remember exactly but i i think something like that so that's probably what's inspired him to um create what's that tv show oh naomi he created naomi at dc as uh -huh. well um, so this guy here, he's, you know, my, I love Brian Michael Bendis anyway, other than his Superman run. So anyway, come back to this movie. So he-, he You have to get my, that dig in. <laughs> um, <laughs> the introduction to Miles is 
a, such a phenomenal movie and how we see his growth and everything throughout this movie just from kind of getting thrown at the deep end getting into uh, into his modern his family as well you know his uncle his mum and his dad um and then having to meet these other spider characters from other universes as mm-hmm. well it's a, it's a big cast right but it's handled yeah. so well yes. and um so many good characters as well like yeah. so many whilst i think miles is brilliant there's yeah. just so many good characters like um yeah and they don't get lost like you know how like sometimes when your ensemble cast is too big yeah. it's really easy for some of the minor characters to get lost in the sauce but it doesn't feel like that with this film. Like it just it feels like every every character has their place. Even weirdo noir Spider Man has a place. <laughs> like and doesn't just feel like he gets absorbed into the background. So they they balance their large cast really well. Oh, honestly, amazing. Like yeah. But in summary, I love this film. You can see where this review is going to go. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've got nothing negative to say about this film. No. So. And we, we kind of line this up nicely here. Characters. So there's, there is a huge chunk of characters. Obviously, you've got Miles Morales, who put yeah. aside for a second. I'm just going to actually shout this out a second. So Jake Johnson, who I know from New Girl, was a massive New Girl fan. He plays Peter B. Parker. Peter B. Uh, Parker, yes. <laughs> uh, Hayley Steinfeld, who we, if you don't know already, or at that Bumblebee. Yeah, obviously Hawkeye, but yeah, um, plays Gwen Stacy or Gwanda. Um, Gwanda. <laughs> um, I can't pronounce his name, but Ma something Ali. Oh, uh, Marshall uh, Ali. Yeah, he plays Uncle Aaron. Yeah, this is good. Uh, this is his third, third MCU realm character because he played Cottonmouth in Luke Cage. Yeah, he's played Uncle Aaron in Spider Verse, and he'll be playing Blade. When Marvel finally gets their shit together and releases that Blade movie, I didn't realize this. That Zoe Kravitz plays Mary Jane. Who yes, has very, I did not know that. Um, <laughs> so anyway, we've got Spider Ham, Penny Parker, Nicholas Cage, obviously a Spider Man noir, uh, and there's so many characters. Oh yeah, Liv Schreiber is um, Wilson. Pinkpen, yeah. Uh, wow, I didn't realize that. Chris Bar- Pine plays the Peter Parker that gets killed. Yeah. Off. Oh come on, man. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Stanley has a voiceover in here. Um, yes. Oscar Isaac also is a voice actor in this. As uh-huh. Interesting person number one. Like, so, uh, oh, wow. Marvin Jones III is Tombstone. Flipping heck. Like, I'm glad I brought this up on IMDb. The cast is huge. Yes. Right? <clears throat> uh, the re- reason I was hyping that up so much is because this is probably going to be one of the hardest movies, I reckon, to have a favourite character. Uh, not for me. Oh. <laughs> so oh, for me oh. like it it has to be miles like yeah. it, it's it's miles because when i saw the spider-man 2 um <laughs> after spider-man 2 came out like i was obsessed with spider-man when we first got toby Maguire in the first one the, the first spider-man was okay um i enjoyed it but when the second spider-man came out i was like oh my god this is amazing i love this film and then i just like became obsessed with spider-man um, and then I started learning about Miles and I was like, when, when are we going to get that guy? Like, when when are we <laughs> going to get that guy? And especially every time they were like, oh, we're rebooting the Spider-Man series. I'm like, oh, are we going to get Miles? And it was like, no, we're going to do Andrew Garfield. And I'm like, that's not what I want. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's it's one of those things where it's like I had been waiting for Miles Morales for so long. And to finally, finally get him, it was just better than i had hoped 
Like I, I, because I was, I mean, you know, I'm always nervous because it's the, I guess it's more so like the fans, right? The, the there's always those toxic people in the fandom that are like, why do we need a black Spider-Man? Why do we need a Latino Spider-Man? And it's like, bro, like, shut up. <laughs> okay. Like you have a bajillion and a half white dude hero characters. Okay. Let us have this. Let us have also, this. One of the biggest criticisms when they, when they do this, like, um, uh, create so create someone with a different background like mm-hmm. whether they're, they're, they're homosexual or, or black or latino like, oh stop ruining the yeah, yeah. Character. make make your own character like, yeah make your own characters but miles morales is his own character like yes okay he is spider-man and there was a spider-man peter park spider-man there still is a peter park spider-man they haven't got rid of peter park spider in the comics it's also, they haven't got rid of peter park spider-man <laughs> What they've done is create Miles Morales, who's his own Spider-Man and has different abilities. He can mm-hmm. swing and he can stick to walls, but his power set includes like a Venom, um, uh, like electric zapper uh-huh. thing. And, and invisibility. Also, and invisibility, which Peter Parker doesn't have. So right. yeah, okay. He's also got the um, spider tingle as well. So Everybody uh, has the spidey sense. <laughs> but he's got his own cast. He's got, yeah, okay. I mean... He mixes it up in the comics with people like Rhino and then his own version of um, the Vulture and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Because obviously it's a spider-related character. But no one has a problem with with bloody Venom, who is also a, a spin-off. Because, you know, is that, yeah, he's a Spider-Man spin-off. You know, yeah. Eddie Brock. No, no one's going, oh, you know, you, create, you created a, a beefy white meathead. But, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> no, no one's walking around moaning about that guy. Like, right. Uh, and then when they, yeah, then they, yeah, with all the spider women, no one moaned about them. Oh, of so, course not. Like, well, no. they, they, they might have done if it was the 40s or something. <laughs> uh, like, so anyway, um, I'm with you on Miles, but if you were to take Miles separate, who would be your second favorite character? Oh, if you take Miles out of the equation, who's the second favorite? I, I know it's his movie. I know it's his movie, but who would be your favorite? Okay, so if you Miles? can't pick, if you can't pick the title character, who would I pick as my favorite? That's what I'm saying. The hardness comes in. Uh, I think I'm actually going to go with Jeff, his dad. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Good choice. Jeff, to me, was like that dad that wanted the best for his kid, but also like w- wanted to still be cool. But not like in the mm-hmm. awkward, cheesy way. Like he, I thought that he towed the line really well of dad and authority figure, but also like being open enough to understand his his own kid. You know, because a lot of times uh, the parents, especially like in the animated stuff, it's always like background where they're just like, no, you do what I say, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I felt like Miles and his dad actually had a dialogue. Um instead of just a one-sided this is what's best for you so you're just going to do it um mm-hmm. so i really kind of like the way that they wrote his dad into this one so yeah, yeah okay I if think, i can't pick miles i'd pick jeff i think you're right about the parents though because a lot of the time they do animated or even mm-hmm. teen related stuff that the parents are yeah. on holiday or yeah you know that you see them out of town you know even even in 
like horror movies like Sidney Prescott's dad was out of town for most of the movie and shows up yeah. and locked up in a cupboard at the end of it like yeah they they, they really they get rid of the parents like the parents right have, like, the parents are a non-issue like, yeah the, the parents are so one-dimensional like, yeah that you, don't, that, you know let's be honest if Sidney's dad had got it in the final scene would you have cared nope no. like but Miles's dad if he was to get it oh you care you would you care, care. Yeah. You would care because of how it's done. So yeah, it, it, it got props to the people behind this about the characters like, and their, their their dimensions. And that's why I come back to this big cast. I think everybody's fairly well rounded. Um, yeah. Now Miles again, like self, one of my favourites uh, from this movie. As a parent of mixed race children myself, I love actually, especially my youngest one who's nine, really loves Miles. Mm-hmm. I like, literally loves Miles. Um, She's got a Miles Morales t-shirt, like, you know, they've got Pops, um, you know, you name it. So they, 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 they're both huge fans. We've got the the games. Um, yeah. We bought, we actually went, like, we got the Miles Morales uh, PlayStation 4 game when it came out and release. Uh, they were so pumped, both my children, to play Miles Morales. Like, I I got it delivered, I remember, like, uh, <laughs> like, like they were just over the moon, jumping for joy that I got that game in. So um, they, they loved the Peter Parker one, but when the Miles one was announced, but yeah, big fans. So um, I, I love what Miles has done for actually this generation as well. Like, yeah. Peter Parker is well known and... Yeah, I think everybody loves Peter Parker, whether you're white or black or whatever it is. So yeah. Know. Miles has been a massive game changer for people that are uh, essentially are not white. So yeah. And, but also for the new generation of children coming in, there's someone nearer their age. Right. So I know I know Marvel Comics has always had a problem with the fact that Stan Lee and everybody aged up a lot of their characters very quickly. Yeah. And I mean, they kind of very... had to. There was no place else for them to go, right? Yeah, and well, I think that's kind of they tried to un- they undid Peter Parker's marriage in the comics to kind of mm. try and make him a little bit younger, but you know he was still thirty-ish, you know, and that doesn't really appeal right. to twelve-year-olds. So you've got Miles, who's now their age. They're, they're not going to rush him up. So anyway, I love Miles, brilliant character. But my second favorite, it has to be Peter B. Parker. Yes, I think P- Peter B. Parker is brilliant. It's the way amazing. that Jake Johnson plays it, as the, it's just like the the banter between him and miles is so good it's like golden oh yeah yeah no i honestly jake johnson is so good I, he was one of my favorite characters in new girl he was hilarious in new girl i yeah. mean the whole cast was brilliant in new girl to be honest. even even like even megan fox when she came into new girl whilst isn't a funny person <clears throat> actually fitted in really well mm-hmm. jake johnson always stood out and jake johnson in this was a really good opposite to miles morales in this movie yeah uh the, the support the sort of the banter between the both and just yeah honestly i loved it and i loved the storyline of peter p parker how he kind of um messed it all up it's like he's, he's almost like a bit washed out when he yeah comes. yeah and, and actually miles the influence he makes on Peter B. Parker's life. And then you get to see him go back to his wife and show up with flowers. And because he obviously talks about how him and Mary Jane get divorced, etc. Yeah. And then sort of his final scene is with some flowers. But it was Miles inspired him to go back and sort out that part of his life. So yeah. um but Jake Johnson is hilarious. So, yeah. He was really good. Uh, and I, I uh, loved his arc in, in the film. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I loved his arc in the film. So I think he's great. I'd love to have drinks with Jake. Yeah, he seems like a really <laughs> fun guy to have a beer with, for sure. <laughs> um, right, okay, so music. There's a killer soundtrack here. Oh, my God. This this movie 
So it happened with Black Panther, which was the very first time. And I was like, I can't believe I am that person. I was literally walking out of the theater and buying the Black Panther soundtrack on my phone in the parking lot. And the same exact thing happened when I watched Into the Spider-Verse. I was in the parking lot, sitting in my car, downloading the album so that I could listen to it on the way home from the movie. Like, this soundtrack is so banging. I literally still listen to this soundtrack at least once a week. Like, oh, I've got this soundtrack as oh well. Oh my god, it is constantly on repeat. Constantly. I it's mean, so good. Favorite track, 16, 16, uh, 15 tracks on here. Um, I got two favorites. Go on then. Okay, my first favorite is uh, Scared of the Dark, which is number track 11. Uh, and then my second favorite, obviously, is going to be What's Up, Danger? Yeah. yeah, number one. Yeah, the, the, like, yeah, that's my favorite. What's Up, yeah. Danger? Obviously, what a great, great track. Like, to be honest, I love on here What's Up, Danger, Sun, Sunflower. Um, they're probably my two favorites. Yeah, you know, Post Malone has a small, small, small cameo in the film as well. At that scene uh, where everybody is at um, the memorial for mm. Peter B. Parker, and Miles is in that raggedy ass like Spider Man costume, and he's like, "I could be Spider Man," and then the guy leans over and he's like, "No, I don't." I mean, I think they mean that as a metaphor. That guy is Post Malone. I <laughs> uh, did not know that. Yeah. Um, there's also some other tracks that are not there. Like, um, is it? Uh, oh, there's a Biggie track as well in the movie. It's not on the album. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah um so i can't forgot the name of it but it was great like but i love the fact as well how modern it is that you know you see miles Mm -hmm. putting on his headphones and sort of walking down the street and all that tagging signs yeah yeah let's talk about this this movie okay so the structure of it um it's really well done i think we we spend a good chunk with miles um and bonding with his mom and his dad and his Mm -hmm. uncle we're kind of setting the scene before he becomes spider-man uh, introducing to the world of uh, the, the new school that he goes to where he's got the scholarship, um, seeing the relationship, like I say, the uncle takes some kind of like a fatherly role for him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, do you know, there's one, there's a really good scene at the beginning um, where the dad picks him up and takes him to school. Oh my God. And gets, gets yes. On the tannoy, <laughs> and gets on the tannoy. Uh, before we can talk about the rest of the structure of this movie, I want to tell you something. So I've always thought that moment was brilliant, like where the dad gets on the tan, like where he says to Miles, I love you, and Miles is like, yeah, yeah, whatever, and carries on walking. Yeah, he and says, I know, the, Dad. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And then um, yeah. and the dad gets on the tan, it's like, no, Miles, I love you. Like, and like everybody- You have to split. say it back. Yeah. yeah. yeah like, and um, so, <laughs> so ages ago, like a couple of years ago, with my oldest, she's now at senior school. Oh, jeez. When she was at primary school. Um, so I have to walk into the playground and I drop both my kids at two, at two different classrooms. Um, my oldest one is in the queue for her class. There's like 30 kids. Mm-hmm. And I shouted out, like, I love you, Lara. Like, <laughs> and her whole class has turned around and looked at me and she, her face dropped. Yeah. Like, and I was like, can't you have to say it? Like, and <laughs> Uh, and when she got home, she's like, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe you're that dad. Uh, no, and she said to me, I know exactly where you got that from. She's like, you got that from Into the Spider-Man. I was like, I yeah. know. I was like, yeah. I know. Oh, uh, my God. Like, That's terrible. She's like, she's like, the moment you did it, she goes, I knew. She goes, I knew it was from that scene in the film. I was like, oh, I wouldn't have had to do it. Like, when I saw that like that bit in the film when it came out, I was like, I've got to do that. I've got to do that at school. So, um, 
Anyway, film structure, like I say, really well. We get interested. That Earth, Peter Parker gets killed off, who's a young blonde guy, and um, who has it all, like which yeah. is completely not like Peter Parker. Peter uh, B. Parker, yeah. No, no, Peter B. Parker's Jake Johnston. Oh, Peter yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter Parker gets killed off of that Earth, who's Peter Parker. Everything's going really well, actually, up until he dies. Yeah. Um, but I love that when he's, I love that they do this with all the characters. They're like, let's do this one more time. Yes. And it's such a great moment. And then they introduce themselves. Yeah. That Peter Parker um, and even Peter B. Parker share some similarities in their, in their yeah. tale. Yeah. And a lot of those references are very clearly linked to yes. Tobey Maguire movies. Yes. I, Especially I, the part where he's like, and then I did this thing. And he does that yeah. weird, like, emo Toby dance. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but we don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's, that is clearly, it's yeah. clearly a reference to yeah. the Tobey Maguire movies, all of that. So anyway, uh, and then Miles becomes Spider-Man, as we know, mm-hmm. really cool. Uh, I love the fact that it's when he's graffiti in the walls and Spider yeah. bites him. And uh, but I love the fact that it's not a big thing. You like Spider bites him and just brushes it off. Yeah, head. that was one of my favorite things. It's like, who who does that? Like, who gets bit by a spider and just is like, eh, it keeps on going. And I'm like, dude, you just got bit by a big ass spider, like. <laughs> Even if you don't think that it's radioactive or any of that stuff, like, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I don't like bugs, but like, uh uh-uh, ain't no way. There's no way that you'd be that calm getting bit by a bug. Yeah, I think I would be. Now, having watched this movie, I'd be like, yes. Yeah, you you would be the one to be like, I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to be (laughs) Spider-Man. Whereas I'd be like, I'm going to have a giant whelp. This is going to swell. I'm going to have to go to the hospital. I'm, I'm gonna wake up in the morning. I'm gonna have a ten pack. I'm gonna like breaking <laughs> breaking the sink by accident. I'll be climbing up the walls. That, that. I'm just waiting for my turn, man. Right. Anyway. Okay. Good luck to so, you, sir. I <laughs> say uh, so I think it's good that they then introduce Peter B. Parker and Wanda. Wanda. Quite 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 quickly mm-hmm. before we meet the other Spider characters. Yeah. And eventually we have the confrontation at the end with yeah. Kingpin and his. What do they call it? The Collider. The Collider. So, uh-huh. so the Collider was at the beginning and the Peter Parker that died fell into it. I make the assumption that Peter Parker falling into it as Spider-Man is what kind of brought other Spider characters to Miles. Yes, Earth. because the machine is based on DNA. So yeah. when he interrupted Vanessa and um, Kingpin's son's DNA, then the Collider started to look for other spider people instead yeah. of Vanessa. Yeah, so that's <clears throat> I assumed and yeah like I kind of just wanted to summarize that really like um, you could go watch the film if you want to actually get into the detail there but um do you have any favorite scenes from the absolutely movie? the leap yeah, of faith oh at the end the leap of faith is so well done that entire sequence where we get like it, it starts pretty long and I I count it as like when that song starts in the background like mm-hmm. The, the song, What's Up Danger, starts in the background. Miles goes back to May's house, Aunt May's house, and goes back to, like, the Spidey Shed. And she's sitting there with her little tea, and she's like, what took you so long? And he takes one of the suits, <clears throat> does his own graffiti thing, spray paints the suit to fit his style. Now he's got his new suit, he's got his new attitude, and he's got, like, this renewed sense of all of my friends need my help and I have to step up to the plate in order to save them and in order to save the city. <clears throat> and so when he finally, finally 
takes that jump off of the building and starts swinging. It is so freaking cool. And it is, it is one of those moments like as a viewer, it is so satisfying because the entire film has literally built up to this point. And to me, the leap of faith is the climax, not necessarily the fight at the end, but I feel like when he finally gets that sense of self and <clears throat> makes the jump and does it well, and he finds his own swing style. <clears throat> and that's also one of my favorite things is that his style of swing is so different because he's he said at the beginning when they're running through the snow that he's better on his feet than he is in the air. And so his combination of swings include him running across things as well as swinging. And so yeah. I thought that that was also really cool that they gave him his own unique swing style. Um, so to me, the leap of faith was just the whole point of the film. It was just like this giant culmination moment where we really get to see Miles become Spider-Man. And the, I, now this is cheesy, I'm sure. But like when I saw this for the very first time, that scene made me cry just because it was like everything about it was so perfect. The music, the tone, the the sequencing, the way that it all happened. And then just him taking off the mask at the end and smiling to himself and then just like continuing on his way to the collider. I was like, that is perfect. That is some perfect filmmaking right there. So the leap of faith, that whole leap of faith sequence is my absolute favorite with what's up danger playing in the background. You haven't um, played the Miles Morales game, have you? No, I haven't. Uh, like, so when he swings through the city, he mm -hmm. swings differently to Peter Parker and he can do like backflips and mm -hmm. somersaults and all this kind of thing. And you can, um, see how much they've changed the difference between him and Peter Parker. Like Peter yeah. Parker kind of swings swings normally just through the city, you know, right. one arm after the other. Mars actually will like you can even do like points where you can see if you can spin four or five times, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's you know cool. You now they do in games, you know, you can win little war. Like yeah, little, yeah. Little thing put up, it'll come up on the screen <clears> saying somersault five times. And, yeah. You know, but, and um, so he does a lot of this like backflip stuff through the city yeah. as he's swinging. So he's a lot um, more athletic than Peter Parker. Yeah. So he was probably slightly cooler already than Peter Parker. Yeah. Was. <laughs> well, they had uh, always played up Peter Parker to be like this outcast nerd. Uh, and Miles was never that. Like Miles was always smart, but Miles was like the cool smart kid, like the mm -hmm. smart kid that could get himself into Princeton, but also like could get arrested for graffitiing streets. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, I, I summarized the structure, but did you have any thoughts on the structure of the movie? Um. No, I think I think it's really well done. Like the introductions of the other characters, like you said at the beginning, every time they introduce a new Spider-Man, they drop a new comic cover. So I love mm -hmm. that. Um, and I just, all of the introductions to all of them, even when we meet Penny and Porker and uh, Noir, like all of them, it's the, the way that they introduce the characters is great. The way that they throw in nods to pre-existing Spider-Man films is great. Um, the small references everywhere are great. We finally have a debut film with good villains, uh, which is usually rare. Usually the first time you get a film, the villain is not very good. But both Kingpin and Octavia were really good. in And the Prowler the, as well. Until it, yeah, got... yeah. Into the spread. Like we had a really good rogues gallery in this film um, that felt heavy enough that they weren't just 
things in the way. Um, so I liked the villains. I liked the play with the villains and the heroes. Um, and I think it all made a lot of sense. Like it, it flowed really well. And by the time we got to the end, it was like, this is a satisfying, we have wrapped this up. There's no, they didn't leave very many threads. Like, of course they left a few, like, how is it that Gwen was able to, or Wanda was able to reach out to miles at the end when they had she had gone back to her universe so that left you that left questions in your head but for the most part this film wrapped up in this film um yeah i just um i was just thinking like yeah i think i thought they did really well i think you know the um what i said about the one last time thing i did love that was a really cool thing that they did Mm -hmm. like and yeah i i love the the fact that they actually as well the comic book things this this film was like a really good comic book film for the general public and for comic book geeks like myself. Yeah. Where where you don't always get both. No, anyway, sorry, the villain, that's what I was thinking of. Sorry. The the three villains, Dr. Octavius and well, we also had Green Goblin at the beginning, who was the ultimate version of Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. And and we had the Kingpin. Uh, but the Prowler, up until it was revealed that he was the uncle to Miles, damn he was creepy. Right. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was menacing. relentless. He was menacing. He was a yeah. good villain. Like it yeah. was up until that last final moment when Miles pulls off his mask, and the and, and Predator steps back. Predator Prowler steps back. <laughs> and, uh, he was a bit like a Predator. But yeah, no, Prowler steps back, <clears throat> and then Kingpin just shoots him. Like yeah. Kingpin was like obviously more ruthless. And you know what's crazy is, of course, of course, in all of the Spider films. It's always the uncle until we got to No Way Home when it was Aunt May who died. But it's always Uncle Ben, right? And the whole time I was watching Spider-Verse, it never, ever, ever clicked to me that Miles got to lose somebody and it's got to be an uncle. But he didn't have an Uncle Ben. He has an Uncle Aaron. Like, yeah. And so like when that scene hit, at first I was like, what? No. And then I was like, oh, wait. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like it, all of the Spider-People lose somebody. Someone, yeah. That's yeah. Cool. They, they talk about that in the next movie. So. Yeah. Anyway. Right, so I'll be honest with you, I had quite a lot of favourite scenes, I, and I loved the, the style and the structure throughout, so I, yeah, I've said this now, it's a bit fun to say it, that, um, let's do this one last time thing, every time everyone said that, I was yeah. like, yeah, like, I yeah. really loved it, yeah. um, I love the bit that you said, um, I love the family interactions, but yeah. I love, uh, probably one of my favourite parts was, this is a really simple moment, when Miles does the shoulder touch, and ends up holding uh Gwen's hair and they end up in that whole scene. <laughs> they have the to shave her head. And uh, she has to shave her head. And <laughs> and he's like, it's nice to meet you at the end. And she's like, sure. Yeah. Total pleasure. Like, yeah. <laughs> like really, really, really angry with him. Yeah. And she now has a whole shaved head. Oh my God. I <laughs> love it when they meet in the snow and she takes off her mask and he's like, Can I say that you have nice hair now? And she's like, you don't get to like my hair. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so, but yeah, honestly, the, again, the interaction between Miles and Gwen is just brilliant. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there's nothing I'd change about this movie, so we can. Yeah, me neither. Uh, we can yeah. skip that. <laughs> I've got to put my hands up and be honest here. So I've, I've seen this movie 10 more or more times. Mm-hmm. Only on the most recent viewing that I did about two weeks, two a week or two ago before we recorded this episode, when I rewatched it, I didn't turn the movie off and I let it carry on playing. I never knew there was a post-credit scene. Oh my god! Never oh my knew. god! Mark, I never knew. For like, every hero movie, like you stay until the end. 
and I just never carried it on. I just didn't, didn't. I just turned it off. Like every time, I just turned it off. Oh and, my uh, gosh! So I basically I was sitting on the sofa uh, just behind the TV here, and just let it carry on going. And I, I think I just started going on my phone or something. And then suddenly, suddenly, Spider-Man yeah, there are people talking. Yeah, shows up, and I was like, what? Like. What's going on? Like, and um, and then he talks about some impending disaster or something. Yeah. And then he says we have to go back to the beginning, and he goes to the nineteen sixties yes. animated the point. cartoon. The point. And they all start pointing each other, and I was yeah. like, "Well, like, I did not know that this was the thing." So I was like, "This is really cool." <clears throat> I mean, in a way, I'm glad that I didn't know about that until just before I went to see the new one. So, so you thought that Spider Man 2099 just came out of nowhere for across the Spider Verse? Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I thought that it was just all. I, I to be honest with you, I'd made the assumption they'd written as a, um, uh, as a bit of a one and done the movie. The oh, Miles Morales one. okay. So I had no idea, and in fact, I'm glad that I didn't because it probably would have annoyed me more like, <laughs> to have waited all these years with that that uh, little um, post credit sequence. So that is so funny. I no, I always stay until the very end, and if there's nothing, there's nothing. But like, yeah. I always stay, like for every everything even scream six like i didn't realize that there was going to be an end credits thing in scream and there was and it was so silly but it was just like i stay to the end for everything now oh i don't know i don't think i watched the end of scream six and I don't see think you gotta stay for everything well, um uh, yeah it depends if i'm with my children or not but there's no excuse for this because it's been out a long time and i've had the TV, but <laughs> it, it, like, like for instance, Guardians Three that I saw the other day, there was two end credit sequences, one yeah, end and an end. But my daughter who came with me just did not want to wait, so we had to leave. So yeah, uh, that movie, yeah. we we're gonna talk about that one day. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will. Yeah. So right. Oh yeah, what did you think about the Spider Man two thousand ninety nine reference? Um, I didn't know who that was when I first saw this movie. I had no idea who it was. I recognized that it was Oscar Isaac as the voice. Um. I recognize that immediately because I'm an Oscar Isaac fan, but I had never, I had no idea who that was. I did not know who Spider-Man 2099 was. I had no idea who Miguel O'Hara was. Um, but I laughed so hard when he jumped and wound up in the pointy comic yeah. scene. And that just made me giggle beyond belief because everybody knows that point scene. Like everybody yeah. is familiar with that. And so I just thought that that was really funny, but I had no idea like what the implications meant at all. Yeah, um, I've always known about um, Miguel Herrera. We'll talk about Miguel in a minute. <clears throat> anyway, five five out of five. What would you rate this? Five, six, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stick with five. Right. Anyway, I'll go five two. Right, next okay. episode, which you won't have to wait long for, but it's Spider Man across the Spider Verse. We hope you've seen it because we are definitely. It's going to be a spoiler review for sure. So you can follow us on social media. We're Geeks and Niche on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Google, Podbean, Apple, Spotify. We are everywhere. So please leave us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you later Good in the week. Good journey.